Well, hello, everybody. <coughs> I wouldn't call this a Christmas message, but it, uh, it sort of gets close to it. Uh, this morning, I'd like to talk with you about what did Mary hold in her heart? Now, I have two verses that I'd like to read. The first one's in Luke chapter 2 and verse 19. And it says, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then if we go over to uh, verse 51 in the same chapter, this is after the time when Jesus, when he was 12 years old and they lost him for a little while. And, and it says, Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And that's what I'd like to talk about this morning. <clears throat> the things that Mary held in her heart. Now there's nothing unusual about that because uh, I think all parents hold things in their hearts with regard to their children. But I think I'd have to say especially mothers. <laughs> we heard a little bit about mother's prayer this morning, didn't we? And I'll guarantee that Mary spent a lot of time in prayer about some of the things that I'm going to mention right now. <clears throat> There'll be plenty of things recorded, or, or perhaps I should say things that were not recorded, which Mary would have had to keep in her heart, because we only get little glimpses of the life of Jesus. We hear plenty about him after he was 30 years old and he began his ministry. But before that, there's just not much at all. In fact, there's a, a big gap between 12 and 30. There are 18 years there. And I'd like to talk about some of the things that I think may have happened during those 18 years plus some of the others, of course. <clears throat> so there'll be a bit of speculation here. But that's all right, I think, because it's all based on the things that we do read in the scriptures. <clears throat> I have uh, four main points. And the first one is before his birth. And the first thing that we have to remember about that is the angel's visit to Mary. And this is recorded in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 32. Now, I don't think I'll read all of that because if I read all the scripture that I have here this morning, uh, I, I won't have time to say anything myself. <laughs> So it says there, in the beginning of that, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it says, 
Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And then he went on to tell her that uh, she was going to have a child. And you can imagine, I think it would be a, a dismay that would have taken her because she would have known about the law of Moses. And at this stage, she was a young, unmarried woman, and I think quite young by the things that we read. And uh, so she would have immediately become afraid because she'd know that according to the law of Moses, if she was found to be in that condition, she had the, uh, shall I say, danger of being stoned to death. So you can imagine how that she would have been uh, quite a little bit disturbed about what the angel said to her. <clears throat> now, we'll leave that one there and go on to Joseph. The, the angel also appeared to Joseph. In Matthew chapter 1 and verses 20 and 21... And it says, but while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, I think that would have... Uh, put a bit of fear into, into Joseph as well because he, he knew the same thing. So I want to say to you now that there was the strong potential there for absolute condemnation. Just think about that. You know when you realise that you're going to have a child and, and everything is legal, shall we say, uh, there's, there's a cause for great joy and so on. So she would have the mixture of joy and yet at the same time fear because of what she knew that could happen. <coughs> and, uh, well, let's drop down to Joseph again. In, in Matthew chapter 1 again, and verse 19, it, it says, But Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So the simple way to say that is he kept her out of sight. As simple as that, isn't it? And because she would be wondering, you know, what will the neighbours think? What will everybody be saying? Will they go and uh, talk to the priests and the elders and 
have me stoned and all of this. But he, well, he did the right thing, of course. He kept her out of sight. Now, just imagine all these thoughts that Mary would have had in her heart. And, of course, they would have stayed her for the rest, with her for the rest of her life. Because from a human point of view, when the child arrived, he was illegitimate. And, and there would be people who would never forget that. In fact, there was a time when, uh, when uh, some of his enemies were talking about, uh, about it and talking about who his father was and so on, and they said to him uh, something about, we weren't born of fornication. In other words, suggesting that he was. I, I think it was Chuck Swindoll I heard make that point once, and I thought that's an interesting one. <laughs> but anyway, let's go on now. So Joseph protected her. Now, there were the things that happened after his birth. By the way, I could have said a lot more about that, but I'll, I'll spare you that. <laughs> but the things that happened after his birth. Now, going back to Luke chapter 2 again, <clears throat> there was uh, the matter of the shepherds and the angels. Now, I have noted here... Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. But uh, we, we won't uh, read it all, of course. <clears throat> Luke chapter 2, 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And uh, <clears throat> now you can't tell me that they never later on told Mary about that because they went to pay a visit, didn't they? We'll come to that in a moment. And then not only that, after that, angels appeared to them, saying glory to God in the highest, you know, and all, and all that sort of thing. Wonderful memories. <clears throat> now Mary would have learnt about all of that and she still would have kept all these things because she had this child and, and she didn't know. It's quite obvious that she didn't know because it says sometimes that they kept these things and they pondered them in their hearts. They wondered about them. What's going to happen? <clears throat> so then there was the, the shepherd's visit to Mary. Now if we read verses 15 to 20 in Luke chapter 2, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. 
And they came with host and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. Now, folks, actually that blew everything, didn't it? (laughs) They, They made it widely known. And they would have had a lot to say to Mary and Joseph. They wouldn't have just popped in and said, oh yeah, there he is, okay, and walked off. They would have told the whole story. And Mary would have been building these things up in her heart all the time, more and more, adding, adding to the things that she already had been pondering and wondering about. What does all this mean? Now, it had been said to Joseph in the first place by the angel that he would save his people from their sins. So she'd be wondering what that meant too. How is all this going to happen? Is he going to be the king that's suddenly going to come and take over? Which, of course, which was generally believed by the Old Testament people that a king would come and liberate them. But Jesus had to make it known to them that it wasn't going to happen just then, didn't he? We're still waiting for that, actually. But I don't think it's far away, mind you. I have some thoughts in my mind, too. But then... (coughs) Pardon me. After that, when they took him to the temple to circumcise him, when he was eight days old... There were Simeon and Anna, remember them, in uh, in the temple. And I'll just read a little bit about that. This is a bit more from Luke chapter 2, verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. I like that. He was a man of God. He spent time in the temple. He prayed. And uh, the Bible tells us that when the Lord's going to do something, he reveals it via his prophets. Let us never forget that. When we think about the Lord's coming, you know, and uh, his second coming, of course. And it says, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death till he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now, folks, I'm very, very sure that he would have made that known to Mary and Joseph too. You know, do you know who this little kid is? And and then what did he say? He knew that he was getting close to the end of his life And he said, now let let your servant depart in peace. And I I think he would have had the thought that I've sort of now done what I was here for. You know? And and, and so now I can just go off in peace feeling satisfied. Wonderful. (laughs) It's a good way to feel. And uh, then, of course... There was, uh, there was uh, Anna. 
Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asa. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity and this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And of course she did a very similar thing to what, uh, <coughs> to what uh, Simeon had done, giving them assurance that there was going to be something marvellous about this child. So Mary had a little bit more to add to her heart. You know, goodness me, what is going on here? You know, what is going to happen? Now, uh, <clears throat> one of them, I just forget which one it was now, said to Mary, and a sword shall pierce your heart also. Now, she'd be wondering about that. <clears throat> now, let's talk about his childhood. Don't forget he was the eldest in a family. In some circles, they teach that Mary never had any more children. I don't know how they can teach that because the Bible clearly says that she did. <laughs> so uh, I can't understand that one. <clears throat> but uh, let's look at verses 13, uh, verses uh, 55 and 56 in Matthew chapter 13. <clears throat> this section is headed in this Bible Jesus rejected at Nazareth and then it says a little bit and we come to verse 55 and it says is this not the carpenter's son is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon and Judah Judas so that's Four brothers named. And it says, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Now, I don't know how many sisters he had. It, it simply says sisters, so there has to be at least two. So it was really quite a family. And now you can imagine, can't you, Jesus being the oldest and then all these other kids coming along. And now the Bible tells us that he lived without sin. Now, can you imagine some of the things that would have happened? You'll have to let your imagination run right here. But uh, kids do things that are naughty, don't they? And it is sin. Don't forget, anything that's not right is wrong. And if it's wrong, it's sin. So little kids do commit sin. I don't believe they're held responsible for it at that early age, but they do commit sin. Now, can you imagine this older brother amongst them, the one who never sinned? Can you imagine the things that he might say to them? And can you imagine the things that they might say back to him? And Mary was listening. You know, mother's here at all. I can remember when I used to have strife with my sister. She would say she had strife with me, but 
But Mum heard it. <laughs> now, Mary would have been just the same. She would have heard all that. And, 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 and no, no doubt she would have noticed how that there was never anything wrong for this oldest child. And yet the others, the little beggars, you know, for things they get up to, and he doesn't. Just try to imagine a family like that. I can think of a good word. Unusual. <laughs> Uncommon. Rare. In fact, there was never another one like it. Mary had all this in her heart. <clears throat> now let's look at the... When he was 12 years old. We're still in Luke chapter 2. Uh, <clears throat> from verse 41. <clears throat> it says, hang on, have I got it right? Luke chapter 2, oh, I'm on the wrong page, that's the trouble. From verse 41, it says, His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Now, folks, even that, now, I'm not going to say anything about that. It's just something that happened every year. They would go, and, and I suppose they dragged all the children along with them, a gradually increasing family, I suppose, going to the feast in Jerusalem. But when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished... The days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in the temple, in Jerusalem rather, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. Now, uh, I've heard Mary and Joseph criticised for that. How could they go for three days and not miss it? Well, I suppose the first thought would be, yes, I could criticise that. But folks, I'm going to suggest to you that it, well, that it suggests to me the kind of child that he was. He probably used to mix with all their neighbours and friends and they would, they would travel together on the roads. Don't forget they had to do that in those days because there were uh, robbers on the road. We had bush rangers, didn't we? Well, they didn't call them that, but it was a similar thing. They had those kind of things and they had to travel. There are other incidents in the Bible where that's referred to. <clears throat> so I can quite imagine that uh, they didn't see anything of Jesus and they just assumed, well, it tells you here, actually, that they assumed that he was with uh, all the other people. But then... Eventually, after three days, they started to get a little bit concerned and, hang on, we haven't seen him. Better just check this out and see who he is with. And, uh, well, we know the rest of the story, don't we? They went back to the temple and they found him in the temple 
asking questions and giving answers and amazing those who were there with the knowledge that he had. And now do you remember what he said when Mary said to him, you know, why did you do this? We've been worried about you. And he said, don't you know that I have to be about my father's business? I wonder whether he'd ever spoken like that to them before. Because it does go on to say that he went back to Nazareth with them. He was subject to them. And uh, <coughs> it says that Mary and Joseph kept these things and pondered them in their hearts. Folks, they were just beginning to learn what this child was about. And he was 12 years old. That's the age I was when I first uh, began to, to doubt some of the things that my parents taught me. And I was the same age as Jesus was when he died, when I got saved. <laughs> Interesting, isn't it? Makes me feel good. <laughs> I have some things in common with Jesus. Wonderful. But anyway, Mary and Joseph kept all these things and pondered them in their heart. Now, <clears throat> again, let's think about the family. The family life after that incident. Some of the other kids probably heard that. Probably heard what he said. And can you imagine the, the way they would be responding to that sort of thing? And I wonder what he would have said back to them at that stage. Mary had a lot to hold in her heart, didn't she? My word. And uh, <clears throat> so that was his childhood. Now, what about his adult life? <clears throat> I can remember when I was a bit of a kid asking when I would be an adult. I wanted to be an adult. And I got told that when I was 14, I'd start to be an adult. Now, I don't know whether that's true or not. I probably was very childish at 14. But uh, anyway, gradually it happened, and now I'm an adult, whether I like it or not. <laughs> so, in his adult life... Now, folks, <coughs> we will all know that the Bible doesn't tell us any more about Joseph. So we have to assume that Joseph had disappeared from the scene. I'd like to suggest that he had gone. Can't be certain about that, but I think it's probably the most likely explanation. Jesus was the oldest in the family, and according to 
well, we'll say the law of Moses, or if you like, the Judah, the, uh, the tradition in Judaism, the eldest son took on great responsibilities. Uh, and uh, <coughs> so you can imagine him as being the older brother and he's growing up now and after he got to whatever age it was, he was really adult and living there with the rest of the family. I can sure imagine some of the things that went on in that household. Just let your thoughts run wild for a while. There was Jesus, you know. Oh, yeah, you're the, you're the perfect one, aren't you? You know, and I've even had that said to me. And if you want to know the first one who said it to me, it was my mother-in-law. <laughs> well, Jesus didn't have a mother-in-law, but he had brothers and sisters and a mother. And uh, she would have been a bit concerned about what he said to the younger ones. She would have also been concerned about what they said to him. Now imagine, that went on for 18 years after he was 12. Just think about that. 18 years is a long time. Especially when you're young and wanting to be a grown-up. <laughs> I can remember I couldn't get to 21 quick enough. Now I've just about forgotten it. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> that's what it was like. Now, one of the next things that we learn about him in the scriptures is in the book of Mark. <coughs> oh, I'm going the wrong way. I'm forgetting where Mark is. <coughs> in Mark chapter 3 and verse 21, <coughs> it says, Then the multitude came together so that they could not so much as eat, as, as eat bread. Uh, but when his own people heard about this, you know, how this was how he had appointed the apostles and so on, when his own people... Now, that would be the neighbours, the people who lived in... Uh, <coughs> uh, it might have even been Capernaum at that stage, I forget now. But they said... They went out to lay hold on him... For they said, he is out of his mind. People, this bloke's deranged. <clears throat> and uh, so that was a bit of a problem for him. And uh, it goes on, and I'll, I'll read just a, a little bit further down. His family, they obviously were concerned about this too. And uh, it's because 
his brothers and his mother came, and standing outside, they sent to him, calling him. And a multitude was sitting around him and said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. They came. He was there with the people who were the followers that he was gradually getting around him. And uh, they were concerned about it, so they came to sort of, shall we say, straighten him out a bit. And he made a very strange statement. And you can read that in verses 31 to 30, or reading on a bit long. And he, at verse 34, and he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him and said, here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and mother. Was he writing his family off? I don't think so, not for a moment, but he was getting the message across to them that they don't understand me, but those who are going to become my followers, they are understanding me. Mary would have heard about that. Something else to hold in her heart. Now, let's go over to John. <coughs> John chapter 7. And I want to say to you that his brothers were difficult. And that's putting it mildly. In John chapter 7, I'll read verses 1 to 5. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. And here come the brothers. They said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that, into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you, if you do these things... Show yourself to the world. Can't you imagine the brothers talking like that and saying, now you think you're somebody great. You've got big ideas about yourself. Why don't you go and tell everybody? Interesting, wasn't it? The brothers were difficult. And Mary would have been aware of all that. And I'll guarantee that she was still praying those mother's prayers that we heard about this morning. Amen. <clears throat> now, friends, something that... This is one of the main points in the whole thing. After his crucifixion and resurrection... <coughs> his brothers saw the light. How wonderful. Can you imagine? <clears throat> well, 
We feel joy when someone gets saved. We feel joy when we ourselves get saved. If you don't know anything about that, you better go and get saved. That's all I can say to you about that. But folks, obviously they did. James and Jude, who have each contributed a small epistle to the New Testament, are generally believed to have been brothers of Jesus. So it's pretty obvious they got to realise who he really was and put their trust in him, allowing him to become their saviour and their Lord. Now, folks, we know... We know that Mary was there to see all this. There are other things that we can read where she's mentioned again, but uh, I'm sparing you that this morning. Folks, how marvellous. How marvellous. And that mother's heart held all those things with regard to her son and her other children at the same time, I might add, but that's not the point that I'm making this morning. But let me say this. <clears throat> Mary held all these things in her heart and then to cap it all off, to cap it all off, John, uh, Jesus handed her over when he was on the cross, not to one of his brothers, but to the apostle John. Whatever was the cause of that, there must have been a reason. But the Bible doesn't tell us what it was. And what I won't, <coughs> I, will, I will turn to it because I have it pretty close here. John 19, verses 25 to 27. <coughs> now they stood at the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. Well, I happen to be one of those who believes that that was the Apostle John to whom he handed her over. And I'm pretty confident in that one. <coughs> now, so she went to John's home and she was cared for there, I suppose, for the rest of her life. Although John had a bit of a hard time after that too. <clears throat> on the Isle of Patmos, etc. But folks, there was no doubt that the last thing she had to take in her heart was to realise that her son had become her saviour. Wonderful beyond words, isn't it? I've heard a song, I don't know who sings it, 
But I he- I've heard a song to that effect, how that uh, her son became her saviour. I'm sorry, but I-, I can't tell you who who sings it or anything else, but I have heard I don't think I have any more to say. Mary had a lot that she held in her heart. And I wonder how long she lived after that to keep holding it in her heart. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we bow before you. We've been looking into your word. We've uh, read some things that are recorded. We've imagined some things that come from our own human thoughts. But Father, we commit it all to you. And we'll ask, we ask that you'll help us to realise more and more how much influence Mary had on her son's life. And how much influence he had on her life as he was born into this world to do as was told to Joseph to save his people from their sins and help us Lord to realise that we are among those who have been saved from our sins through the sacrifice that he made on the cross Father we offer our thanks in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you, Ron. What an interesting message. I posted it on Facebook this morning. Um, I tagged Helen. And along with the song goes, um, it's a shadows. You know when people do, oh, what's it called? Shadow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you go into my wall, you'll see it. Yeah. Um, what an interesting message. It's a bit like, Mary, this is your life. But not by Mike Munro but by Ron Bailey. (laughs) And I've never really considered, Ron, the things that Mary has had hidden in her heart. And while you were presenting that message, it reminded me of my own relationship with Christ and the things that I have hidden in my heart that he has done for me. And I'm sure that's true of all of us. And I think... It's really good occasionally to remember back, to hide those things in our heart and to remember back the things that Jesus had done. Certainly in Mary's case, it was more about her son in the earlier um, part of his upbringing. But then later on, she would have also remembered um, his crucifixion and, uh, and resurrection even in such a more personal way than we do because she was, in fact, the mother. 
a great message, Ron. Thank you very much. You have truly blessed us greatly today. Dennis, thank you. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.